All right, welcome to another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Demiso Josie alongside Spencer's here. Spencer's back in the building. How you doing, doing, sir? I'm doing well. We had well. we had a little car trouble last time, right? We missed you on the podcast. Listen, I, I sat in that place for a long way for the drum to get back. I need to open up the rim shop. Yeah, if you didn't have that expensive car, you probably uh, well, would have been in and out of here. How about the Empowerment Perspective rim shop? How about that? It might be a possibility. Absolutely. He's going to branch out in different areas, especially um, in areas that I need help with. Mm-hmm. So everything I have a problem with is going to be an empowerment perspective. I, I got you. I'm trying to figure out why or how you still got more of an expensive car than I do. And we work in the same place. Um, the empowerment perspective is not paying you right now. Well, here's the thing. You, you, you like having money in your pocket. I like helping the economy. Mm. That won't keep us afloat. Makes sense yes. to me. Makes sense to me. I know the last time um, we we're going to drop a promo on some of the things that we got coming up as far as podcasts are concerned. Yes. The league. Oh, well, well, I'll say this. We, we have the league, and the league, what we're going to do is we're going to highlight those in the community. We're going to highlight um, coaches, athletes, students, and what we want to do is put a uh, positive light on those that are doing well and doing positive things. But I will say about the volleyball team, we almost had a breakup. Mm. So the fat uh, boys almost broke up well, huh? before we even got started. We almost had a breakup with volleyball team. <laughs> so one of the teammates, shout out to Mr. Martin, comes in, asks me if I needed to practice, and I'm like, practice. <laughs> I really wanted to say like Irish. <laughs> like, what do you mean practice? I don't need to practice. This is volleyball. <laughs> you got your eye on Irish. Yeah, so the ball comes, you hit it. This is really simple. But, but shout out to my teammates, Mr. Martin. We're we gonna get a championship. Mm. So we're gonna drop the league soon. We're working yeah. on the details with that. We're also gonna come out with another podcast called. The Teacher's Lounge. Oh, Teacher's Lounge. Is technically, today is the Teacher's Lounge, but we're going to keep it with the Empowerment Perspective podcast. Yeah, yeah. But um, the Teacher's Lounge, we're going to um, highlight educators yes. of all shapes, forms, and fashions, yes. not just you know traditional teachers. We're going to yes. deal with all kinds of educators yes. on that one. And shout out to to you know Noriega and, and their podcast that they do because again that where the platform that's where the platform came from mm-hmm. is being able to to highlight those in our profession. Absolutely. And, it's not too often that we get opportunity to to shine a bright light on someone that's doing well. Mm. Let's let's might make a mistake like those who decide they're going to play around with that Medicaid or mm-hmm. that, that insurance thing they're doing. Mm. So every week, you know, somebody's going to court and they're, they're getting niggas spent on education. Gotcha. All those are doing wrong. So yeah, you being too nice, right? I'm telling Nora, you better watch out. We <laughs> come, you better look over your shoulders. Nora's my guy. I'm coming like, for you. We need to get him on the podcast. Yeah, we definitely need to get him on the podcast. We can't do the activities that he does on the show on the podcast, but we could get him on the podcast. Yes. All right. So last time, a couple episodes ago, we had the state of education. We did part one with that, and that conversation was uh, very interesting. We had a yes. lot of information in there, and I just felt like we ran out of time um, to explore all the topics that we need to talk about in mm-hmm. that. Uh, specifically, we talked about the school-to-prison pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talked about um, how to reach minority and Latino students on there. Um, so we kind of wanted to, to branch out and, and open up the discussion a little bit more. So we have some very, very special, special people in the building today this might go down as a record as the most guests that we have or had on the podcast ever yes so um i'm going to first introduce somebody that i worked with um my first time at the school that i was at i saw this young lady down there and she was always telling somebody how attractive they look now she was probably trying to smooth them over a little bit. Okay. Now, now that I know her, okay. she was trying to smooth them over That's a little bit. She was selling them on something. Selling them over, okay. but <laughs> phenomenal educator. Okay. Um, dealt with the special ed. Um, 
came from Philadelphia. I'm still trying to figure out why she got to South Jersey, but we maybe we'll get into that um, okay. a little bit. Um, so I would like to welcome retired educator onto the podcast. Can I say your name or no? Did we yes, just say yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Brenda Pitt. Let's make some noise for Brenda. Make sure okay. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today, lady? I'm doing great. Mm, it's a pleasure to have you here. It's, yes. been, it's been a while. Philly. What part of Philly? I love Philly. Uh, North Philadelphia. North right, Philly. right where Temple University is, yes. the hospital. Really? Oh, you mm-hmm. was up in there, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, Deep. Okay. Yes. Mm. You asked me how I got here? Accidentally. Mm. <laughs> we want to dig into that. I'm going to get there. Because we had a conversation last night. We want to dig into that. But I want to introduce the next person. Okay. Um, I have to be honest. Another person that I work with. Um, the first time I, I saw her, um, I was like, who is this lady? She's really, really intelligent, but she wasn't like loud and I just, you know, all over the place and kind of reserved into herself. Um, then she decided to become a vice principal and I had the pleasure of working with her. Again, I was questioning, can I get along with this person? Mm. Then I realized that she knew what a John was. She knew what a John was? She knew what a John was. <laughs> and that was it. I said, that was it. That was, she passed the test. Yeah. She passed the test. So the one question is well, that was it. That was, that was it. <laughs> also from Philadelphia, too. What part so, of Philly? Northeast. The Northeast. Northeast. Did you guys ever see each other? No. Okay. No, no, no. Not ready? at that time. Not at that time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, the Northeast, you were doing well if you got there. Oh. We'll get there. We'll get I there. know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's currently a principal in school, and we got her on the show. We'd like to welcome her onto the show. Great friend of mine. Thank you for, yes. for being here today. So Thank you for having me. Going right down the line. I love music. I love to hear people sing, um, and I kind of got introduced to her side like by accident, I believe. Me and uh, my friend were hanging out one time, and she was there. So oh, this is my music teacher. I was like, oh, and then she started talking about plays and stuff like that, and I was like, this is really really interesting. So we have a music teacher in the building, Lola. How are you doing today, Lola? Lola. I'm doing great. <laughs> Let's make some noise. Super excited to be here. <laughs> Going right down the line some more. You two have something in common, Mr. Spence. Okay. And and Jennifer here. Both guidance counselors. So this is going to be a really, really interesting perspective that you bring to the table. Um, She's one of the people that actually let me in the building when I go visit my friend. So she she vouches that I'm okay. She's head of security too? Listen. She actually has a very conveniently located office. She does. She does. First of all, it's the front door. She she does. Listen, that place is like Fort Knox in it. I can't even call my friend. I got to go through like five people before I even get there. Like she got it hooked up. So welcome, Jennifer, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, wow. There's a lot of people here. It is a lot of people. I'm almost nervous. No, not really. I'm joking. Um, so we're going to start with you, Miss Pitt. And I just want to know why you chose to get into education. Like, why is it important to you? And why are you, or why did you choose to go that route? Well, actually, I wasn't in education. I always say things happen to me accidentally. Mm. As I told you, uh, my first degree was in human service. And at that time... Um, you couldn't get a job in it. Mm. 
Hmm. And so my dad had encouraged me. He wanted me to be in education in undergrad, but you know, I didn't want to do If he said left, I said right. Hmm. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do yeah, uh, as a kid. No, it had to be right. <laughs> rubble. It, no, so no. rubble. And so after bouncing, long story short, bouncing around with no job, no, no, you know, and no sign of a job, hmm. uh, he, um, I went, I was overseas, and I told you what was two weeks turned to two years, and <laughs> long vacation. I think, I think, well, I think it was planned. So, I did plan it, but they thought that it was just a vacation, and I just, my brother was there, so mm-hmm. I stayed two years. When I came back, I came back broke, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I asked, as I told, um, you can call me by my name, however you want. That uh, I asked him, could I borrow $10,000 to set me up? Yeah, I did. <laughs> See, I had no sense. I asked him, could I borrow... Can I borrow 10 Gs? It's like that. <laughs> yeah, I did. No IOU, nothing. No. Wait, I asked him, could I borrow 10000 I had a plan and how I would work it out. 250 a month until it was paid off. Hmm. He told me no. <laughs> he said what he would do was invest in me hmm. and this time I was going to major in education. Okay. So why I say it's accidentally once I, you know, uh graduated out of grad school and I was able to go into the field, that's when I started seeing all the, you know, different things hmm. that were going on. And it was really crazy because I started in a high school, and within 10 years, life had changed. Mm -hmm. Children had changed Mm -hmm. in a 10-year span. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it it just was interesting to Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So I'm still stuck on the fact that you went overseas supposed to be. (laughs) That's what bothered you? That that 10G question was bothering me. That's what bothered you. (laughs) <laughs> As I told you, to be honest, uh, my first husband and I didn't didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, he just it just didn't work. So I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. The truth was, I was embarrassed mm-hmm. because I, my marriage didn't work out. And in my mind, I thought everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, people could have cared less. Mm-hmm. And but in my mind. Everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. I bet you they're saying this. I bet you they're saying that. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity arose where my brother invited me mm-hmm. and, I, you know, my parents said, oh, that'd be great for you to go, mm-hmm. I went. But I had in my mind I wasn't coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, but they didn't know that. Meanwhile, they're supporting me mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. That's really. We'll see what happens when you have a grand. They had a grandchild, Uh so to say no to me, they didn't know what they were, and I feel the same way as a grandparent. You didn't know what you were saying no to. So they just, yeah, yeah. That's very what interesting happened. story. You're a very Jesus. interesting person, too. She got grind with her. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? How'd you get an education? Well, I think I would say the same answer as Miss Pitt. I would say by accident. So you accident for ten G's too? Uh, I should have. Oh. So that was a better idea. <laughs> but I just wanted to play sports in college, and I thought I better just pick the subject I did the best in in high school and figure it out from there. And one of my professors said, "Why don't you go into teaching? You can coach. You can play sports." 
And I thought, okay, I'll try that out. But I really wanted to be a college professor. Mm -hmm. And I took my first job um, in an urban school district teaching high school. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, they gave me the schedule on the first day of school. And they said, these are students who you're actually teaching freshman English, but you're going to teach it to kids who failed it four times. Mm. Now, I'm not a math person, but you're still in school Either yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't figure that what out. Are they twenty so five? No, I you was in a prep school. They got an extra year. Is that what that is? <laughs> I went into that classroom with these kids, and they said, you know, we gave them to you in the morning, so they'll be a little bit calmer. And I had kid kids taking cabs to school and mm. all kinds of stuff, and mm-hmm. they failed it um, that class three times, and then also once in summer school. That's crazy. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this, but mm-hmm. I fell in love with these kids. Hmm. And I just thought to myself, this is what I have to do. So I wanted to be in an urban setting, and I spent 10 years in an urban setting, and then I became an administrator sort of by accident. But after Mm -hmm. that, just to kind of make a long story short, I became a principal because I wanted to see if I could be in a small district where I could do everything. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to serve the lunches in the cafeteria and also create programming and help our at-risk kids, and I wanted to walk to a student's home who doesn't want to come to school mm. and tell them it's time to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants their principal knocking on their door in the morning. <laughs> um, and so so now I'm in a very small district, but my passion always was with urban students. Mm. That's crazy. You are the modern-day Joe Clark. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you used to call it crazy Joe. They call it Batman. <laughs> Lola, how about you? How'd you get an education? Well, I never, ever wanted to be a teacher, ever. My mother was a teacher. Mm-hmm. My sister is a teacher. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the family business. And I was like, no, I've been to enough take your daughter to work days to know <laughs> I can't hear my name a thousand times a day right. and answer it. Um, so I went to school for music because I have a passion to write music, perform it. And I, you know, dabbled with all the instruments Mm. and I was performing, writing music. And in addition, I was teaching private music lessons. And then all of a sudden I had this 13 year old girl who couldn't sing and six months of working like blew my mind. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could, I should, I should find more kids. And, um, it just grew and grew and grew. And then I realized I really needed to take it to the classroom. And it's just something like I go every day and I love all their faces. Just it's it really fills your soul. So it was something that I guess it was a calling, but you didn't right. think, you know, it necessarily would be. So it's awesome. I can yeah. tell that you love what you do just by the, your expression and your yeah. passion. And, and it's, if you come into my classroom, you could you could pretty much tell it, too. right? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Jennifer, how about you? Well, I, I started out as a social worker um, and I love I loved that job. I loved going into the houses and talking with families and working with them, but I found that I spent a lot more time talking to the kids Hmm. and listening to them and what they need and what they felt like they were lacking. And um, that job didn't allow me a a lot of opportunity to work directly with the students, with the kids. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to... you know, I talked to a lot of my professors at college, and I was thinking about, well, maybe I need to, you know, be more in the administrative side of um, working in the human service field. But mm. um, I decided ultimately it was going to, I wasn't going to have an opportunity to talk with families at all, to talk with kids. Um, so I decided to go back and, you know, get my degree in um, school counseling. And I've worked in this capacity for the last eight years. I okay. absolutely love it. Um, you know, I think that 
every day is a good day when you feel like you've, you know, had the medley of students in your office crying and figuring something out and, um, you know, working out a conflict with a friend, figuring out what they want to do. And, um, you know, it's just, it's an amazing, I feel like every day is, is something very different and mm -hmm. I love it. That's I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Interesting stuff. Great story. So how you got in there. I'm, I told my story on this podcast a thousand mm -hmm. times. So I'm not going to go over it. Um, I, I want to go into um, your personal opinion of the educational system in general, the good and the bad, like what's working in our schools. Uh, let's start there. And what do you think is working with our, our, our children? Um, actually, I, I'm going to start with Ms. Pitt because I'm going to ask you a different question. Okay. How has it changed? Because you, you've been there for a while, Warden, and you've re now recently yep, retired. <laughs> like, how, what, what changes have you seen in the educational system? Oh, many. Um, <clears throat> I'm just trying to think. There, there are many changes that have gone on in education. Um, one of the things that always disturbed me was that we didn't have enough support from parents. Mm. That's what really bothered me. Um, but yet, there are many reasons for that, and it is what it is. Some children, they didn't have parents. They were in foster care, and we all know about foster care, you know. Um, you being a social worker, by now, I know you have figured out that there are some, now there are some good foster care parents, Absolutely. but then there are some that... They want that, what, three, four hundred dollars? And they will tell you, well, I got to get a kid because I need to, you know. And, and I, in fact, I just heard that just a week ago, you know, someone telling me, oh, I need a kid. And I know that there's no way. First of all, they're too old. Mm -hmm. Second of all, to put into a kid what you need to do, they're not going to do. So that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Then you have the problem with the parent that... <laughs> is probably doing the best they can, but they're trying to get ahead. They don't have yeah. time, mm. you know. So if you're working 16, if you're doing a double for whatever job you're on, you don't have time to see if this child was happening in school, was mm -hmm. happening good, was happening bad. So that, that becomes an issue, Absolutely. you know. Um, there, there are many different issues, mm. you know. It's not just one set mm -hmm. Uh you know, one 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 set way that this is why this happens. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're saying that it's really complex when you try to break yes, it down. Yes, it's, 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 there are many reasons. Okay. You know? right. And then you have kids that come from, and I have seen, and you can probably <laughs> be a witness to this, that came from nothing. Mm -hmm. And they become everything. But it's within yeah. that person mm -hmm. that yeah. I'm going to do better. So how do we develop that in our, our children and our students? That grit, well, that why? Like I said, it is what it is. So when you know you don't have the support, then that's up to us to develop mm. that. So it's more than teaching math. Mm. It's more than teaching social studies. It's more than that. It's about developing. Mm. You know that you can do anything you want to do. You can. There's nothing that's impossible. You know, Michelle Obama said it best. And she always reminded me of a young lady from in the neighborhood that showed you, didn't she? You know, <laughs> from in the neighborhood, you might have seen in the neighborhood, you may not have known her, but she was in the neighborhood. Mm. And she developed, you know, but then she did have 
parental, you know, support. Uh, support. Mm-hmm. But for those that don't, then it's up to us. Mm. It sounds like you're, you're, we're tapping into the, the social-emotional learning piece mm-hmm. of those students now. Because that's the whole person. Right. It's more than uh, the uh, college prep math mm-hmm. or whatever. It's mm-hmm. more than that. Right, yeah. right. Now, as guidance counselors, you probably mm-hmm. see that side more so than, you know, your standard teacher. Like, what are some of the ways that we can tap into the social emotional learning of our, our students? Communication. And I don't mean to cut you no, off. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we have the opportunity to have a conversation, not about academics, not about home life, just mm-hmm. about that particular person in that particular moment, you start breaking down barriers and you start building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now what happens is that if I need to redirect you on something, and I can, because you know that I get you and you get me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, and I think a lot of it, too, that I find with my students is letting them know it's okay to ask for help mm-hmm. like, with anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. some of them, they depending on where they come from in their, in their family life or, mm-hmm. you know, the students who they have sitting next to them, that... I don't want to feel stupid. I don't mm. want to ask for help. Mm. You know, I, I don't want to stay after school because it's mm. going to present this idea that I don't know what I'm doing. Right. It's okay. We all ask for help. You know, and I agree with I, that. I reflect back on my own childhood and it wasn't that I was afraid to ask for help. That was just something that we didn't do in our family. Mm-hmm. We didn't, mm-hmm. we had to fend for yourself. So when I'm in the classroom, I'm fending for myself. Yeah. So you have those students that, you know, struggle with that as well. Um, from the music perspective, how do we attack the social emotional learning within the context of your classroom? Well, I think it's a great subject matter because it is there's more like liberties for the students. And mm-hmm. sometimes students who don't necessarily shine in your mm-hmm. math or your ELA classes, they can really shine in music. So all I try to do is create an environment that lets them shine at what they do best. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 say, say, that. Bring, oh, oh, say that one more time. Just what you said again. Say that one more time. All I do is try to create an environment where they can shine the best. One, one, one more time. Say that one, one more time. <laughs> All I do is try to create an environment where they can shine the best. And I okay. think it really does work out because some students are just natural at playing an instrument. And some students are just natural at, you know, singing or even just it's this comfort zone. And mm. I feel like that's so important, especially, you know, I teach middle school music. Mm. So it's a tough time mm. for students to just be. Mm. So and it's I, really important just to I give them a place. I agree with you because I used to tell my students I was an awful cook. I could sing to ER. No doubt. <laughs> you will go. Okay? I mean, something as simple as making rice, you're going to ER. Okay? If you try it, mm-hmm. you know. But everybody has something that they can shine. Mm-hmm. You know? For me, when it came to housework and stuff, I could clean a house within less than two hours. Can I hire Can I hire You know, but I could, you know, I could do your house from top to bottom in less than two hours, primarily because I did that as a teenager because my grandmother had a business. Mm-hmm. So that's how I made my money. So that's how I learned. But to cook, I don't know what it was. I just 
I didn't just, I just didn't, I don't know. I just, <laughs> things went wrong. Uh-huh. You know, and so, I had home ec. Yeah, and got an F. I just want to chime in. So now we have the empowerment perspective, new business, um, house cleaning. Yeah. Um, so call us. We'll clean your house two hours. Those educators that are listening, we can get three houses in in one day while you're working. No, most people waste a lot of time doing one thing don't tell instead them. No, 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 don't tell them. You're giving away the secret. Oh, okay. Come on, man. Keep, no, I didn't tell you this. what to waste the time on. I want to get back to why Kareem had you restate that over and over again. I know we've had yes, conversations. We've had so several conversations. Can you explain why you made uh, Lola do that several times? Now, the purpose of that is because if you are able to create the environment in every single classroom, you'll get buy-in from your students. Mm-hmm. And once you get buy-in, now you have that classroom climate and culture where everybody feels comfortable and everybody's on the same level. Mm-hmm. Not one person is feeling better, not one person is feeling worse. Mm-hmm. You, you want to have a classroom where everyone feels comfortable because then you can have communication. You, you can go in and you can develop a classroom culture. You actually can have a community within your classroom, and that's in every classroom, regardless of the subject line. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need. We need right. to have individualized classroom climate mm-hmm. for each and every mm-hmm. particular grade level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to take it on a larger scale. We're both administrators, and we hear the buzzword culture and climate all the time. Like, how do we create positive culture and climate, generally speaking? I mean, that's our job to, to do that. So how do, you, how do you do that as an administrator? I mean, I think it starts with you as a person. There's mm-hmm. no program, worksheet, mm-hmm. packet. Mm-hmm. You need to be a leader and step out of your office and treat the kids. I mean, when I was a classroom teacher, I always believed, and I would tell my students every day, I am probably the only consistent thing in your life. Every single day when you come in, I'm going to be here mm-hmm. with the same even keel attitude, mm-hmm. same sense of humor, say good morning, and ask you how you are. Mm-hmm. And as an administrator, you know, I'm, I'm proud to have Jennifer and Lola because that's what we believe as the philosophy in, in the building where I run mm-hmm. everything. And I think getting out in the hallway, talking to the students, asking them how their day is. So when they come into your office for a disciplinary situation, you can have an actual conversation with them as a person mm-hmm. from a perspective of learning and also of saying, hey, I'm disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. And it means something to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. instead of just saying, here's a detention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is to try to talk to every student, to know every person's name. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to go to a smaller school. Gotcha. And, you know, gotcha. even in a big school, we were able to do that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had over 900 kids, and mm-hmm. I can tell you everybody's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you what they're doing, what they're not doing, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just being invested in, in, in the kids at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you made a point, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to bring parents in, into, into this just so, so that we understand this point. Mm-hmm. We got to stop. When your kids come home, stop asking them how their day was. And that's not the question I think you need to ask. Mm-hmm. I think you need to ask them how they feel. Because mm-hmm. if they say how you, how your day was, it was okay. You always get the okay thing. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them how they feel, now they got to think about it. All right, well, am I happy? Am I sad? Well, how was my day? So mm-hmm. now the, the conversation is completely different. You'll get the same amount of information back that you want anyway, but the mm-hmm. conversation opens up. So when I talk to kids in my office all the time, I don't ask them necessarily what happened. I ask them, you know, how do you feel about mm-hmm. it? What happened? Well, I'm angry about it, all right? And then we start to break down, and that dialogue starts starts to happen. Um, so parents out there, I know it, sometimes I fall in the trap, pick up my my kids in the car, and it's like, how was your day? Mm-hmm. It was good. Okay, okay, okay. No, how did you feel today? I'm Jaden. I'm sad. She's always sad. I don't know why she's sad. <laughs> always sad. Um, and then Simone says frustrated sometimes. And then we have this, this conversation and dialogue, but... 
going back to that culture and climate piece, I think it is extremely important to be you, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a good person, if you're a nice mm-hmm. person, it's going to shine through. Mm-hmm. But if you're, I'm going to censor myself, not a nice person, that's not what I want to say. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. going to see right through that, mm-hmm. and that's how the environment of the mm-hmm. school is going Especially to be. Especially children. Right, right. And, and your classroom, too. It's also important to treat your staff really, mm. really well mm-hmm. because the kids, it, it all just kind of rolls downhill. Mm-hmm. So you want people to feel appreciated mm-hmm. and like they're heard, their ideas are heard. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes into my office and wants to do something for kids, I will find the money and find mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. because it, how can you go wrong? Somebody mm-hmm. has a great idea that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it fits in with every initiative or 50 million things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You just make it happen because it's mm-hmm. what's best for the kids. Mm-hmm. And then when you treat the teachers well and the staff well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they treat the kids well mm-hmm. because they they feel appreciated and they feel like their creativity is mm-hmm. welcome in your building. Mm-hmm. That lesson I learned, not to cut you off, Karina, I learned that lesson through hip-hop, actually, mm-hmm. to create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. So when people come to me and was like, I want to do this idea, let's, let's make try to make it happen. And when we don't have money and resources, I don't care about that. We'll figure out a way. Yeah. Make it out of paper. I don't care what we do. We got to make that happen. So um, that's a lesson that I learned. Um, yeah. from, from um, just to chime in, and when you mentioned that the conversations that parents are having with their kids, one of the, the biggest issues that I continue to have when I speak to parents is the automatic, I want to say, frustration that comes with the curriculum and the way they were taught mm-hmm. versus what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. So... I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and I had to explain to him that that is a problem that has been created mm. out of nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens is that when a parent is not able to teach their kid, now what happens is that the kid loses trust in the parent. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting down, I'm frustrated with my homework, and I ask you, you can't help me. Mm-hmm. You're trying to show me something, but I go to school, now I get in trouble right. for doing right. something you told me to do. Yes. Well, that's the piece I was going to say. The yes. teacher has to be flexible on their end. Like, let's take math, for example, right? Mm-hmm. They teach us new math. I don't even mm-hmm. understand it to be able to help yeah. my, my third grader mm-hmm. know how to do it. But at the end of the day, they're solving the problem. They're solving mm-hmm. it correctly. At the end of the day, what difference does it make? There's more than one one way to solve the problem. But we, yes, educators are getting into this this right this pattern of you know it has to be this way mm-hmm. or it's, it's wrong. And I think that's the wrong message that mm-hmm. we're sending out mm-hmm. to to kids in the world. And the point that the parents can't help them now is huge. Now I got to yes. create a class just to teach parents how to help their kids. It's yes. crazy. So now, but that discourse that happens and that dysfunction that is created within a house, and this is in every house regardless of the economic standing, now what happens is that it becomes trust and mistrust between mm-hmm. parents mm-hmm. and their children. Mm-hmm. And anytime you can get a, a, a child not to trust his parent, now what happens is that now we get on that road mm-hmm. where so they can end up in foster care mm-hmm. because no longer, I don't trust you anymore. Mm-hmm. You, what are you going to teach me? You know nothing. So now mm-hmm. the parents are looking as if, even if they have college educations, that you can't teach a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, now that child is no longer yours. That's crazy. Hmm. Interesting point. Hmm. Let's shift gears a little bit in terms of how are we preparing our students for the future. So we're most of us are middle school, or actually we all middle school educators mm-hmm. at some particular point in time. And our job is to get them ready for high school. And then how does the high school get them prepared for either the workforce or, or college? And Pete was on here last time and I said, we're kind of doing students a disservice, especially when it comes to college. Like um, the, the whole mindset of the student at this particular point is that the teacher's job is to teach me. 
So it makes mm-hmm. them passive, right? So mm-hmm. but when you get to college, it's all about creating mm-hmm. your own understanding. And, and, and then these kids don't understand how to do that. Right. I guess the general question is, why are we giving disservice to these kids and sending them down the wrong path? And not really, are we really preparing them for the future is the question. Anybody can jump in on that. It's a loaded question. I'll, I'll jump in first. <laughs> I think that even the, the, the question of preparation for something that you don't know what's going to happen hmm. because right. of a really big problem. How can, I, how can I prepare you for something that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow? Exactly. Mm. You know, DJ, you made a really good point about uh, being passive for teaching. I went through Catholic school, mm. and I don't know. Uh, it was, you give me the information, mm. and all I had to do was regurgitate it back. back. Yes. back. Mm. Freshman year in mm. college, I failed mm-hmm. uh, two courses mm-hmm. because now socials, well, it was Western civilization. I, I can't remember, but it was one of the uh, humanities mm-hmm. classes. Now I had to think. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think. Mm-hmm. I was used to, you're going to give me this information? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it back to you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think. I I, I had, I, I couldn't, you know, the, the question was, why do you think, uh... Let me see. Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, mm. you know. Well, I knew Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. Well, I never thought about why. Why? Right. You know? No, no, That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, it's a whole nother podcast. Next, uh-huh. next year's Black History Month uh-huh. topic. Yeah, yeah I no, never, you know. No, so it, it's being able to rationalize, mm-hmm. think, you know. I couldn't do that. And I told you I got in a lot of trouble growing up. (laughs) You're still getting in trouble. (laughs) Accidentally. You know, can you imagine my father, Dr. Joyce, when he saw that transcript? Mm. (laughs) I think that's what you you, you hit on. Now, we Mm -hmm. may not be able to prepare them for the future because we don't Mm. know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't. But we can teach them to think. Right, to think. And make decisions. And make decisions. Whether they be right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. You know, even if they're wrong... Mm -hmm. At least you've learned something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make decisions. I hadn't made them, you mm-hmm. know. They were made for me mm-hmm. growing up, you know. You're going to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. I went to college because they told me to go, mm-hmm. not because I thought, oh, this is going to. No, that mm-hmm. I would be lying mm-hmm. if I said that. No, mm-hmm. I went because they said so. I think that's key. Even when they make a decision and it turns out to be the wrong decision, mm-hmm. teaching our children to be reflective and mm-hmm. think about why did we make the wrong decision? What was our goal? What was our purpose? What were we you know, mm-hmm. trying to achieve and what happened? Mm-hmm. What went wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think sometimes that's, that's what happens. Like, well, I was wrong. I failed the test or mm-hmm. I, I didn't do this right and it's over. I'm not mm-hmm. going to go back. Well, mm-hmm. we need to go back. Mm-hmm. We learn so much from our right. mistakes and I think it's so exactly. important you know, I try in my own personal life with my own children mm-hmm. and in school to let the children see me make a mistake and mm. see me be reflective. Mm-hmm. You know, what did I do? What could I do differently? Help mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in this process mm-hmm. so that in turn, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that you're learning these skills and you can do the same thing for mm-hmm. yourself. Mm. I think one of the important questions that we need to ask students, especially starting in middle school is how can we help you? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think educators have enough you know, don't do it enough. Like, like, how can I help you learn in this class? Like, what is it going to take for, does the class need to be more interesting, more entertaining? Does it need to, do I need to be more organized? Like, we don't have those questions with these kids enough. I, I know you was going to say something. Oh, <laughs> big man. Well, 
I think the teachers are busy trying to get through the curriculum because, see, there's a time frame. You have to do this, this, and this. So you only have seven hours. And in that seven hours, what do you have, 42 minutes? Mm. Is it 42 minutes? Mm. You know, I can't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) 42 minutes to get this, this, and this across, you know. So... I don't know. Can I ask this question? Yes, Now, you've been in education for a long time. Yes. How many teachers do you know that got fired because they didn't get to the end of the curriculum? Or they didn't get a certain test score? Well, they don't know that. (laughs) That they're not going to be fired. Well, I've been in there for 17 years. I haven't seen that one person get fired because they didn't get to the end of the content. Yes, you're right. But then they don't want any problems. I don't will tell you that. But it it doesn't make sense for them to be worried about getting to... Point Z, mm-hmm. and no one has ever I never been worried about that, right. you know, and I didn't care what they said. Right. See, that's what I developed, that they could talk about me, mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole yeah. other point. I, but I think a lot of educators are hiding behind that, mm-hmm. you know, as, in, as in the reason to why not, you know, deviate from, from the plan. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, the content to me is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. If I can get you to solve a problem and get you to realize where you want to go tomorrow, I... The subject is irrelevant. I do. Mm -hmm. But But, then that's not the way it is. But what happens if you don't get there? Nothing. Sometimes they get bad advice from colleagues. Mm. Yes, they do. And your colleagues have a lot. When they're in that faculty room... Teacher's Mm. Mm. Lounge. Teacher's Lounge. Plug in the Teacher's Lounge. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, let's go there. Let's go there because we can plug the Teacher's Lounge. Why is the Teacher's Lounge like that? Yeah. I think it's just a combination of like old school mm-hmm. things that happen with, you know, maybe people who were working for many years and they're not right. adapt to change. And then you have exactly. fresh blood that's like, oh, we're doing all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to say you're wild and out of control and you're not in the time frame. Mm-hmm. And then that's a problem. And then you're not a team player. You right. Know? And that was the key. I think that's the difference with, like, venting and really communicating with Mm. someone about what's going on. You know, I find, and I mean, this isn't every teacher's lounge, but, you know, that when someone's frustrated, they want to vent, they want to feel heard, and Mm -hmm. that's great. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, we all need that, and it's therapeutic, but Mm -hmm. you need to get to a place where that ends and we're working on resolving whatever problem happened. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when people are venting together... They're not doing that for one another. They're listening, and it's just creating this negative environment mm-hmm. where we're all complaining about mm-hmm. what's not going right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then we left, and that's okay. Now I still feel as bad as I did when I walked in here. Exactly. I don't feel any better. Right. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's something to be said when it's like someone comes to you with a problem will mm-hmm. come to you with the solution to right. the problem as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's always just like key in mm-hmm. everything. It's like okay, that's the situation. How can we fix it? But I think we need to take it a step further. Like with me, if I have a problem, I bring it to you guys. I'm always going to have a solution in my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. giving you a solution and see, give me some help with this solution. Mm-hmm. Don't just come up here and be complaining about Johnny and this mm-hmm. and this and this and don't, don't have a, a solution yourself. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm frustrated because the, the, the complaining is unnecessary. To me, I get it. There's frustrations with your job. There's a time and place for that. But you don't need to be doing that because there, there's times where kids were walking by the teacher's lounge and they hear Absolutely. that mm-hmm. that conversation yes, take place. Yes, they do. Now, how, do you make, how do you think that kid feels when you had that conversation? I agree with you. So and I've, a, I've experienced yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, you know. You got to be careful. True. I know you was going to say something. Well, it sounds like when I was listening to everybody talk that they were actually describing the movie book Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Now, in the city of New York, you had like this... 
negativity that was flowing underneath the city. Mm-hmm. And it continued. The more negativity that was created, the, the, the more, I want to say, uh, bad things continue to happen in the city of New York until mm-hmm. ultimately it just exploded. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're actually seeing with all this violence in schools now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that we're, yeah. it's no longer a place that positivity and mm-hmm. um, I want to say hope and everything else is, is being developed. Now it's becoming everything that is negative. Exactly. And and I know during our presentations, I had this example of Cory Booker. He was yes. the um, mayor of, of Newark, right? Yes. And I, I remember mm-hmm. seeing something, a TV special where oh, he Earth went, City. I think so. Mm-hmm. And we went, he went to um, Newark and he was like, um, they was like, how do you can, cha- how can I change Newark? And they said, you need to go see Miss Johnson, whatever the lady's name was in this project. So mm-hmm. he goes up there to mm-hmm. see Miss Johnson. Mm-hmm. She takes him down in the courtyard. She mm-hmm. says, tell me what you see. He was like, all oh, the graffiti, there's gangsters. And she's like, you can't, you can't do anything for Newark. He said, oh, if all you see is the negative, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. affect Newark. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. So when we, you know, educators got to be careful in terms of how we view what we do. Like if all you're going to point out is the negative, you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to help these kids. Well, I feel like the issue is too, it's people, at least from like my experience with other teachers, it's the teachers who don't have the students' best interest mm-hmm. at heart. Right. Sometimes that's what it is. We, you get so absorbed with what you have to do, mm-hmm. like mandated, that it's like, look at the kids. Mm. What's going to benefit them the best? And I think that's like a big reflection I'm doing in my own practice. It's like, mm. okay, this class wants to know more about this. Let's deviate because mm-hmm. they're going to be more interested and engaged, exactly. right. and I could make a bigger impact mm-hmm. than just following the course. You actually, exactly. You actually talk to your kids. You I do. You're going to come in and as soon as you, they walk in the classroom, okay, open the books, page um, 35, we're going over chapter 3. Um, right. sit, Eric, sit down. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sally, you're talking too much. Hey, can somebody turn the lights off? Hey, no, matter of fact, somebody turn the lights off. So you actually have a conversation. Yeah, right. And sometimes I think, you know, that's so cool for the students it now. Is. The education's so mm. different. Yes. Mm. They have so many choices. Mm. I mean, everything I do, there's so many choices. You want to do it this way? Great. Mm. How could you do it? And I think that that's a good life skill that mm. we can bring to them for the future because everything you do is a choice. Mm. Right. I know you wanted to say something, Miss Pitt. You over there itching, no, scratching. No, I want you to say <laughs> <laughs> No, what She's you just said, 15 years ago, if you had tried that, you would have got bad observations, You would then that would have been a problem. In the 80s, you would have gotten bad observations. It was, you were in this framework, in mm-hmm. this box, and you had to follow these rules. If you started talking and off on to a different, uh, whatever, you would have been, your observations would have been bad. Now they're talking about you in the faculty room, because everybody knows. I keep going back to this point, though. How many people got fired because they got bad observations? <sighs> No one actually got fired. <laughs> but <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But three years and one day you had to get there. So your first year as a teacher, you better stay in that time frame if you want to contract the second year so you, and the third year. You, 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 you're telling me I can't no, really I teach until year four. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They told yeah. me that the first day. They said, listen, don't do anything extra until exactly. you get past that, that third year. Exactly. My first but exactly. I, guess what I didn't even get to my third year because they ran out of money. They got they fired me anyway. Who is it? Three? Is it no? Three, three years, years and one day? Is it five years? Wait a minute. So it's yeah. four years and one day. Oh, so I couldn't it keep matter. it together that long. If they run out of money, uh, it doesn't matter how many years you got. You know what? Um, unfortunately, we're going to let you 
let you let you go. Give you this riff yeah. letter. <laughs> You're going. I remember that day because I was buying tires. <laughs> oh no! I spent, I spent nine hundred dollars in tires. Oh god! You your car Wait, so I'm at Firestone. Listen, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. I'll tell uh-huh. the story. I'm, I'm at Firestone, right? Yes. And, and my guy, right? He he calls uh-huh. me. Um, I'm not going to tell him his name, but he calls me on the phone. He's like, "Yo, listen, your name's on the list." I'm like, oh yeah, the list. I remember the list. On the list to what? He's like. Yeah, tomorrow they're gonna bring you to the office and they're gonna let you go. And I'm like, did maintenance what? tell you that? Maintenance no. had all the answers. <laughs> That's who used to tell me who was on the list. <laughs> so now I'm at Firestone. I just spent nine hundred dollars in tires. Oh I'm my! Like, you can't call me in the middle of the day, like before I left work, before I came to get the tires. Know, yeah. Wait a minute. They treated you like these athletes. You found out you were fired through yes. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yes. that is amazing. So now he's putting tires in my car, and I'm like. Mm, what am I do? I tell this guy I need tires. Give you used ones. <laughs> but maintenance always knew who. From eighty, I started in eighty three. Maintenance, you had to be friends with them, and mm. I made sure. Maintenance we were fired you. No, maintenance. <laughs> see, whatever you all threw in the trash, oh, they got out God. the trash, and they would read down, mm. and I would say, "Did you see my name?" Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm-hmm. You know, but I saw so and so and so. I'm gonna try that this week. No, <laughs> put some every piece of paper out of every trash can mm-hmm. in here. Maintenance, Bring it maintenance would know who was fired, <laughs> and it, we had this one person. I love this person, but he would let me know every year if I was gonna have a job because that would give me enough time to, uh, you know, send resumes out somewhere else. You know. And he would say, oh, you're good. That is you're good. brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so when I need to fire somebody, I'm just going to put it in the trash can. <laughs> so I don't want to confront them. Just put yeah, it in you the don't want to be a bad person. That's <laughs> or if they're not doing a good job, you just put a fake one. Mm-hmm. Like a draft. Just write a draft. Nah, you don't want that because then the, then the, um, the union rep, uh-huh. the team, I heard you getting, you, you're firing me. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's so yeah. wrong with you But that's why... You know, we stuck to those that that frame. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to. Mm-hmm. You know, and being a young person, you nervous, 23, you know? 24, 25, you're not thinking about, well, I'm not going to be fired. You're thinking about, I'm in this this career. I have to make a go out of it. I want to make a go out of it. So you're going to do what you're told. But the frame is broken. It doesn't matter. The point was when you got observed. This is what they wanted to see. An organ, you know. Yeah. They wanted classroom management. They wanted. They didn't want Joe walking around, even though Joe is good. Now, here it comes. I let so, them all walk around. <laughs> I, and uh, this is definitely an administrator thing to say, but. I, I can't remember the last time I saw a 23, 24-year-old kid afraid to get fired. Because mm. they can't even put a suit jacket on for an interview. Mm. And you're right. Today. Mm. Yesterday, for me, we were afraid. I was scared to death yeah. when I started teaching. I was afraid, too, you know. No, they don't put suit jackets on. They have... The next generation, I, I do respect you. I admire many of the things that you stand for. Uh, but yesterday, she's being politically correct right now. <laughs> no, I do. I really do. I think today's um, young people, and I'm looking at these beautiful young ladies here. They I'm have more young with too. the young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slide, I'm slide over. I'm young, I'm young, I'm young too. <laughs> 
they they I take more risk. They oh, take okay, chances no. that I would <laughs> never have dreamed of doing. I was you, they they take and I admire you for that. My daughter is your age, and some of the things that she does, I have to come home and have a drink. <laughs> mm. So how are we, how are you going to fix education if everyone's afraid to to go against the framework? The norm. Well, I think me because. I am of a younger age, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I do think it like comes down. I'm in a building with like a really supportive administrative team, so mm-hmm. I don't feel. She's like, only saying that because you're sitting here right now. I, <laughs> no. I am, but like I would say, anywho, no, she would say it. I, I would feel. Say, I would say, anywho, I think I said it like when I was first interviewing. Yeah. It's like, listen, I have to create this like atmosphere because I want to be here. Mm-hmm. So I think it really it just comes from the top down, and maybe that's mm-hmm. the new trend in education. It's like. There's a lot of support, mm-hmm. at least in our building, so I don't think I have that experience of being scared. Mm-hmm. If and anything, that's I great. Think I'm not doing enough. Like, let's. Right. What else? What else? Can, what else can we? Else can we? Can we do to mm-hmm. make it more exciting, more? Mm-hmm. I think that that's maybe something that's new and different. That's yes. really. And I admire that. And you know, I think also there's a thing that's like if you're gonna get fired, you might as well go down go and do something for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> that is so interesting. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I can't stand being put into a box as an okay. educator. And like you can you telling me this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me because you're dealing with all these kids with different personalities, different issues. Mm-hmm. How are they all going to get crammed into this box and say, yes, this works? Like at some point, you got to step outside of that. I'll get my hand slapped. You give me your letters, whatever. I don't care. At the end of the day, little Johnny is in a better place because I decided mm-hmm. to step outside of that mm-hmm. box. So I think we need more educators. And administrators that want to go against the system. I think the system is broken in the sense that, just generally speaking, is the cookie cutter approach. Mm-hmm. Your school should not look the same as my school. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't run the same way as your, my school because we have different students. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that we apply exactly. all these things. Atlantic City is a different animal oh, than yes. this and, and Clearview and all. Like, why are we right. taking this approach and saying that this is how it works? This exactly. is the framework for every kid. When the framework wasn't designed for those kids in the, in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't make sense. Um, I'll tell you this stuff further that my first period class should look like my second period mm. class. Exactly. Mm. Because Those when you want to use a cookie cutter approach mm. and you try to use what you're doing in first period with second period students, then it doesn't, doesn't work. work. Mm-hmm. These are totally different kids. Mm-hmm. So in, in that mindset, if you have a bunch of students that are performing really well academically, that classroom is going to look totally different from your low-end students mm-hmm. who's going to need a little bit more interaction, mm-hmm. who's going to mm-hmm. need a little bit more uh, warm and fuzzy type teaching, mm-hmm. who's going to need maybe a couple videos, maybe some music being played to be able to get them engaged into the learning. Mm-hmm. That goes back to asking the students what they need from us as educators. You're not going to find that information out. Then you might find out later in the school year when it's too late by the time you done did all your tricks and stuff. The first thing you should ask them when they walk mm-hmm. in the classroom is what do you need from it? At the end of the day, that should be day one, week one. I agree with you, you know, and that's what I used to do when I met my students. I would say to them, what is it that you really always wanted to do, but Mm -hmm. you couldn't do, because I remember feeling this way, and what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And that's when you get your answers, and they would say, well, uh, I would like to do this better. And I would say everything except cooking, because you're going to the emergency room. But anything else, I can help you with. Right. And 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 that's how we started. Though that, that was the relationship we started in. Mm-hmm. That with is that whatever it was that you needed to know 
that you wanted to know and your friends knew, but you didn't, like you said before, not wanting to ask for help, Mm. you know, and I understand that, Mm. you know, because that made you look weak. Mm -hmm. That made you look stupid. Mm -hmm. That made, especially if the kid was like in the honors class Mm. and you're going to ask them, oh God, Mm -hmm. no, you know. Mm -hmm. So I know that's a sense of pride. Mm -hmm. And that's what we would talk about, you know, and that's how we started every year, you know. I want to switch gears a little bit. Hot topic right now is, um, you know, gun violence in school and violence in school in, in, in general. Um, you know, I do feel my heart goes out to those people in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart goes out to anybody that oh, yeah. um, has experienced it. Um, but I'm looking at the, the recent um, occurrences and I, I kind of think people, societies going at it and from the wrong direction, going after guns and going after guns mm-hmm. instead of, it kind of goes back to the social emotional um, learning piece. So the question that I had when I saw the student in Florida was mm-hmm. not what was wrong with him, but what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So I was more concerned about, and I read, you know, the foster homes and all that, and I, you know, it was, it, it kind of made sense to as to why he would explode. Not that it's right or nothing, but at least it makes sense. And I think um, a lot of educators, especially administrators and people that have policymakers or whatever, we have a tendency to to look at, you know, what's wrong with people and then have this reaction to it. So now in my school, we got all of these measures that are coming out. How can we fix this and this and this and that? And I, I think the problem is, is that we are not connected with these children <coughs> early enough and often mm-hmm. enough to be able to, to address those issues. So the truth of the matter, at least for me, is I can be walking down the street and get shot, mm-hmm. you know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Um, so I'm not looking at the guns. I'm not necessarily looking at the measures that we have in the school, but how can I connect with these kids? And I mean, there's staff members in my building right now that are now pointing out kids that, oh, they might come in and shoot this person. They might come and shoot this person. And they're staying away. I mean, I heard it <laughs> yesterday, like all day long. So... I'm like, this is crazy. And then they're backing off of these kids. And my response to it is, all right, then you feel that way. I'm going to find out, have a connection with this kid. Right. 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 Communication. Someone said communication is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Communication. Mm -hmm. Um, That'll tell you a lot. Mm -hmm. If you are a child and nobody loves you and nobody cares, most likely, mm. it's easy for you to fall into the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And if you look at this kid in Florida, yes, they kicked him out of the system. Right, he got kicked out of every system: foster right. home, yeah. the school, yes. everything. Well, foster home at eighteen, you're out. Right, you're on your own. But he, but his situation, you know, his parents passed and all that stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, every institution that he has ever known. He was kicked out of. So when I look at the school, when we suspend these kids and expel right. these kids, you're now saying society, this is your problem to deal with. And then we're right. shocked, like, oh, he came back and he killed all these people. Like, mm-hmm. we're shocked that you kicked the kid out. Like mm-hmm. you didn't you said, you, you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. Now, and for me, if I get kicked, if you kick me out of your house, Kareem, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a problem with you in your house. Absolutely. I was gonna curse, but I'm like, stop. <laughs> oh, you know. I'm like, that. I'm like, I'm uh, tell your mother. what's this? The Dave Chappelle episode when he was oh, like, God. your couch. <laughs> That's what, yeah, yeah. I knew we were going to talk about Rick James. Yeah, yeah, oh, God. <laughs> shout out to Rick James. Yeah, we about to Dave Chappelle. Um, well, I'll say this. Um, Typically, when, when I get an opportunity to talk to a kid, he's already on 10. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, they don't even understand what it was that they did for someone to say that you can no longer participate in the classroom. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we talk about culture and the, the home life, 
our kids are being raised with certain strengths. Mm-hmm. So when they come in the classroom, talking it may be something that goes on in their family all the time. Mm-hmm. We were talking to someone not too long ago where part of their culture, Hispanic culture, is talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't talk you mm-hmm. until you can't right. listen anymore. They'll just keep talking. I, one time I was talking to a family. I was there for three hours. I didn't say one word. I was there for three hours. And they just kept talking. Yeah, that sounds like my so, so, So now what happens is that when a kid comes to school and one of the strengths that they've learned from their home environment is talking, mm-hmm. we tell them you got to shut, shut up. up. Mm-hmm. And listen. Mm. He's like, no, nah, I have something. To, no, shut up until you called on. Mm-hmm. So now he, he comes to me or she comes to me and they don't understand what happened. Like, what did I do mm-hmm. that was so wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she like me? Like, mm-hmm. for, for a child that's 11, 12 years old, even 13 years old, to start to feel that an adult does not mm-hmm. like them. them. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about this is personal. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. go beyond academics. This exactly. is personal mm-hmm. that you don't like me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So now I have to result in what we do in the community mm-hmm. is when you don't like me, you know mm-hmm. what? I don't mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. Rick James. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to come in your house and I'm going mm-hmm. to do whatever I want to your sofa. All right. Because <laughs> it's personal now. Mm-hmm. And I think that our, our kids... And their young minds, they, they are not of age to be able to determine and make decisions on exactly. whether or not if this is a business relationship or this is a personal mm-hmm. relationship. To them, it's always personal. personal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They got to get out of their feelings. Like They, they are mm-hmm. stuck in their feelings, but they're, they're so young mm-hmm. that they haven't learned how to get out of their exactly. feelings. Well, I mean, the, the educator, too. Oh, the mm-hmm. educator. I feel mm-hmm. like oh, it's yeah, personal. Oh, yeah. They feel like it's mm-hmm. personal. Like, get mm-hmm. out of your feelings. Like, stop. Like, I look at what we do mm-hmm. as a life and death situation for every kid that I come across. Mm-hmm. Either I'm going to save this kid's life mm-hmm. or he's going to die. Going to go to jail, mm-hmm. whatever's going to happen. That's how I look at it. It might be too extreme. The world's black and white to me. I don't know how to exist within gray. Uh, so in my mind, I'm like, listen, if I don't save all of these kids, the alternative is not good. Even though they might make it, whatever. But mm-hmm. my approach, okay. my approach, approach is, going is to I'm going to be, you know, there's a life and death situation. Especially when I'm dealing with, you know, a lot of our minority students that okay. we have. You know, we talk about the school to prison pipeline. Oh, yes. We kind of touched on that, too. Um, and we talked on the phone the yes, other day. Some of the statistics was like... If a kid is retained, I think it was seventy percent. In fact, after I got off the phone from you, mm-hmm. uh, I went online and I looked up in this nation how many minorities were incarcerated, and it was over sixty percent. Talk about that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Oh. It was sixty-eight percent of the incarcerated male yes. population. Yes, it is. Does not have a high and school. And now diploma. females. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of females mm-hmm. that are minorities. That, in fact, in my neighborhood, they have a women's prison. My mm-hmm. own neighborhood, mm-hmm. they have a women's prison. Right. And I, I didn't, I didn't look that up, but I will research that. Right. But it was over sixty percent. Right. And then you're wondering. What happened? You know, how did it get that? And I told you mm-hmm. that... Um, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Uh, I told you that um, my brother had a business in Louisville, Kentucky. Why Louisville? I don't know. But he loved it. Because he, he said... He, this, he went to Louisville on purpose? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to well, Louisville? Yeah, he did. He... Oh. Um, he because Sh- he said it was Louisville. easy to Absolutely. open up businesses uh, in the city of Louisville. Mm-hmm. And he told me... And I thought he was lying until I saw for myself that, on, for example, 1st Street was the elementary school, 2nd Street was the middle school, 3rd Street, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. was the high school, but 4th Street was the prison. Mm-hmm. So they were telling you, we're mm-hmm. going to see you there. And one of the problems Louisville had was 
there there weren't a lot of opportunities. Mm. You either worked in the prison mm. or you were a prison inmate. Mm. I want to go know? there for a second, and I bet you there was a lot of similarities in terms of the way those buildings operated and the way they looked. Mm-hmm. Like, take, take our schools, for example. We mm-hmm. want these police officers and the SROs and stuff there. CEOs are in prison. Mm-hmm. Same situation. Mm-hmm. The cells are the classrooms. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same layout as, so as, as the prison. So then you would be talking about open classrooms... Uh, you know, I'm just saying this. Uh-huh. It, this I don't think it's a coincidence that mm-hmm. these institutions operate almost identical to to each other. One's a little bit more harsh, yes. Yes. about the school. Yeah, he's talking <laughs> about the layout of the of, of school. Even okay. how prisons operate yeah, versus how schools operate, mm-hmm. the discipline policies mm-hmm. all it. It's all the same. I mean, we had a time where we had in-school suspension. Oh, yeah, right? we did. So then that's nothing but solitary confinement. My and oldest then, daughter was <laughs> always really in there. At it. <laughs> I mean, it's not as, I'm being over, mm-hmm. you know, dramatic, but there's a lot of similarities. And then you put them all on the same street, mm-hmm. here's your progression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open the door for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you just walk right in there. But so ironically, nobody ever robbed him. And I used to say, I, I don't think you made too much money, did you? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't let people know how much money he made. No, he no one ever robbed him, mm. you know. But he was always out in the community. Mm-hmm. He was out and about seeing what mm-hmm. people were doing, seeing what things, you know, what mm-hmm. was going mm-hmm. on. But, yeah, because Darlene mentioned the same thing with our presentation, where though that mm-hmm. when they like you, they're not going to let you anyone exactly. Harm you. That's right. right. That's exactly what happened. And mm-hmm. I used to think, how can you be? Out here at 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. Right. You know, his store would stay up until 12. Right. So let's let's go back to the teachers about pointing out the student that is going to, quote, unquote, shoot up the school. Even on a personal level, my mentality is, you know what? I'm going to be friends to this kid so he don't come after me <laughs> on a very fundamental level. Mm-hmm. It's the same tactic in, like, our neighborhoods that where we grew up in. Mm-hmm. We don't want to live next to the drug dealers and the shooters and the robbers. I'm no. going to befriend you mm-hmm. so oh, that yes. I don't have Nothing anything to <laughs> You know, that's a way of life when, when you live in urban areas Mm -hmm. that is a way of Mm -hmm. life that you learn to get Mm -hmm. along with the people now Mm -hmm. you may not agree with what they're doing Mm -hmm. but and you know this too that uh you learn how to mind your business Mm -hmm. and you and you learn how to Mm -hmm. get along with them find Mm -hmm. a way to get along Mm -hmm. with them and they don't bother you and i'll be honest with you on our block every house got robbed Mm -hmm. because of but ours Mm -hmm. growing up Mm -hmm. but i always thought because we were so poor it didn't matter (laughs) we didn't have anything to take you know, I didn't think. <laughs> you know, people's colored TVs, <laughs> you know. But I'll, I'll say this, in the realm <coughs> of, of, a, of a school, the, the kids, when, when they arrive first thing in the morning, regardless of what they went through, mm-hmm. it's, it's a fresh start for mm. them. It is. Every mm. day is a new day. But if we start to remind them of what their home like life is like, mm-hmm. and we don't allow them that, that peace of mind just mm-hmm. to come in and just take a deep breath, now what happens is that their reactions and responses <coughs> what's going on in the community is now going to transfer into, into school, school. Mm-hmm. because they're going to view it as uh-huh. the same mm-hmm. uh-huh. schools used to be a safe haven parks used to be a safe haven where so nothing regardless of how tough you are you knew that you're not going to do anything wrong because the school and the parks were always the same, same thing for uh-huh. everyone uh-huh. Right? it was now now the rules are changing uh-huh. because the viewpoint 
and the perspective of our students are changing how they view schools. Mm -hmm. Now they're viewing schools and teachers as if they're the enemy. enemy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What is not supposed to be. So <coughs> we're supposed to be the facilitators, like you always mm -hmm. say, to be able to get them to that next level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The kids are the the part of the equation that we forget to collaborate with mm -hmm. the most. Mm -hmm. Right? This mm -hmm. whole podcast, we're talking about communication and collaboration. And mm -hmm. a lot of times... The, we forget to collaborate with kids <coughs> and mm -hmm. ask them exactly what you said, right. ask them what they want. What they mm -hmm. want. And mm -hmm. some educator, I'm going to say some administrators that I'm, I'm aware of, won't quasi do that, but they'll always pick the good kids, right? Mm -hmm. So we had strategic planning in our district not too long ago, and I was asked, you know, we need to have students there. And then the plan was, well, I'm going to get the honor roll students and all. I said, that's not who needs to be there. Mm -hmm. I said, you need to get the kids that, you know, you feel like need the, need to change the most and put them in. Who don't want to come. We need to know why. We need to know why. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So my conversations on a daily basis are, is with the kids that are struggling the most. It's not even that they're going to get what they want. It's just that they will feel so hurt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the kids just feel like they're not hurt ever. Mm -hmm. Their opinion doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. That's why we ask questions when they get in trouble. Right. What would you do differently or what would you mm -hmm. like to see to resolve this problem mm -hmm. instead of saying, now you have two detentions and this is happening. Right. You're getting mm -hmm. your seat moved. Right, right. And that's part of the reason why we started doing a podcast at our mm -hmm. school with our students is to give them a voice. And we just kind of randomly grab students to have mm -hmm. them interview adults. And and you could just tell. Like, it just, they was just so surprised to be on there. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot to say. And they had a lot of good stuff to remember, say. Remember the one who didn't think that we actually left school and we didn't eat? <laughs> She was oh, like, I really think that. I thought that the teachers like stayed at school. Oh, no. <laughs> like when she was little, not uh, like like now, but just little. She was like, I didn't know you had a life. Every day is listening to the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do. They have a lot to say. Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we're not listening to them. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I know sometimes I'm not listening. Mm -hmm. But when you do listen to them, they have so much to say. And right. they will tell you a lot about what they want and what mm -hmm. they need and mm -hmm. what they feel if you ask mm -hmm. them. Right. I have a saying that. I, when I go to speak and do things, educators need to be a student of their students mm -hmm. first before you do anything to become a student of your students. Because if I don't understand you, how can I teach you mm -hmm. at the end of the day? And on another note, um, you were saying that, you know, when they come in for discipline and you get two detentions, in reality, mm. for real, reality, I used to tell my own children when, you know, they were in trouble for whatever. And always, I, I had children two ends of the spectrum. One was always in trouble. Mm -hmm. And with that are consequences. And I used to say, you know what? If I don't pay this electric bill, what do you think is going to happen? Mm -hmm. That's the consequence. Mm -hmm. If we don't pay this mortgage, what do you think? We're going to be sitting outside. Mm -hmm. So there are consequences for everything that you do, whether they be good or bad. And that has oh, to be I taught. Mm -hmm. You know, that has to be taught. Mm -hmm. if, I don't, if, if I don't pay that car payment... Uh, or my buddy here doesn't pay that car payment, you know that man is coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Chuck right now. Mm -hmm. And the payment's due today. We're going to switch gears a little okay. bit, have a little bit of fun here on our podcast. We like to do this at the end. Um, so I'm going to ask you some random questions, and everyone needs to answer them. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Right? So in honor of our, our musician, we'll start there. And then okay. We'll take you out somewhere else. Give me your top three musical artists that you're listening to right now. Right now, everybody thinks about this. Okay, so I'll start. John Mayer, mm -hmm. I think his music is awesome because his, if you actually listen to the lyrics, he says the most with the least amount of words and confusion. 
So he has a song that goes, say what you need to say, and it repeats uh-huh. over and over. Yeah. You're just like, oh my gosh. Is that kind of like Versace, 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 Versace? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly like that, but I think that that's something that's really cool. Um, what am I into right now? Oh, well, the kids love Ed Sheeran. Mm. Just, I think just... We listen to him a lot in class, you know? So question B is, you had the music still, you had the worst day ever. What are mm-hmm. you listening to on your way home? Oh, my gosh. Mm. I, recently, it's been Black Street's No Diggity. So it just, it really depends. I like, I think of music as like, it makes, it creates an environment. Uh-huh. So I'm someone, if I'm feeling down, I need something to pump me up. Mm-hmm. Really? So I'm not someone who wallows in it. There's a big poster in my classroom that says, you can't have too much happy. So when the kids make me sad, I'm like, what does that poster say? They're like, you can't have too much happy. Mm. I'm like, exactly. So we got to pump things up, change the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of something I I kind of do. It's opposite. Almost. Top three first or two. I mean, I would say probably I found a station 106.1 that plays mm-hmm. a lot of 90s music, mm-hmm. and so I'm really into that right now uh, <laughs> on the way to work. Um, but I, I would say probably Eric Church is who I listen mm-hmm. to yeah, most right now. I also did it last podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, and his music isn't always upbeat. I think a lot of, mm-hmm. but I, I just feel, I guess, similar to what you're saying about John Mayer. Like, he just kind of talks to you. So I feel like he's somebody who's listening to hmm. me. Like, he understands what I'm thinking. And so I just... You feel like he's talking to you. Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> Write these songs for you? <laughs> he is. I almost met him once. Almost. Never lived that down. How you but, almost meet somebody? We were... Um, my husband and I were at a concert. Now I'll give away who I am. My husband and I were at a concert and um, he just, like, hopped off the stage. We were at the Borgata and he's like, you want to go get a drink? And we were like, nah, we don't really feel like wait, it right wait, now. Wait, 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 wait. What's wrong with us? Yeah. He asked you if you He want... asked my husband and I. And we were like, well, you you know, sure I don't really feel this... like having a drink. Who says question. that? <laughs> so know, he, he tell me that this, this, this performer... X, was it you or was it your husband? I you was think asking? it was both of us. No, it wasn't. Honestly, it was not. <laughs> it was not. I would correct you. It was not that. It was, I mean, he just like hopped off the stage. There was a group of people, and but he just went, moved right on to the next. I, I think it was both of us because I think he had a drink I, with I, a gentleman I, I, after. And he asked me, know. and it was like, Who, whoever's right here, but uh-huh. we just said no. And then we're like, well, we don't really you're, know who he is. You're a counselor. We weren't there to, to see him. have to we change your perspective. You're a counselor. That's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's not what happened. But, you know, that's funny. We, we think about that all <laughs> That is interesting. You reflect so. on that. That's not what happened. <laughs> what are you listening to? I've been listening to a lot of Stevie Wonder lately. Mm-hmm. When I come in in the morning, I love Motown because my grandparents mm-hmm. listen to Motown. It just it takes me to a really lovely place, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. And I have a teacher in the morning who blasts music in the hallway. So mm-hmm. when I come in, I'll Lola? go in and make a request. <laughs> it is thinking. actually not. It's, it's not, not my bad teacher. Yeah. No. He's got a great playlist. Yeah, so I'll sneak out in the hallway because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh that's such a good over there partying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> start your day so mm-hmm. I'll go in and ask for he usually will have Stevie on for me in the morning mm-hmm. when I come in so nice oops um I'm into Marvin Gaye oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes Marvin, Marvin Gaye yes. that's interesting mm-hmm. really interesting and James Brown I have a grandson he's three and I always used to laugh but if you really listen to the lyrics in James Brown you have to listen mm. 
Um, some of the things he's saying is making a lot of sense. He's saying stuff. But his songs are too long. I ain't got I time to read it. It's like a 30-minute yeah. song. Like, but that what? band was funky. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I can't decipher what he's saying. <laughs> Wait a minute. And my grandson knows the routine. He gets better. into his you car scene and he goes, Oh, I feel good. <laughs> James Brown was the original mumble rapper. Yes, he mm-hmm. was. I get it. Was. I but I had a lot Mumble of respect R&B. for him because yes. that was a man, another one, who came from nothing yes. mm-hmm. and made everything. Absolutely. You know, with little to no <laughs> education mm-hmm. whatsoever, mm-hmm. but had a talent to mm-hmm. do, like mm-hmm. you said, music, mm-hmm. you know. Now, his singing wasn't that great, but he had... He knew that he had to have a dynamite band, and you mm-hmm. all have to admit that band was tight. Yeah, was good. <laughs> I'll, I'll go as far as that to say that if he was here today, mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. we would have gave him some type of speech therapy. We're going. Listen. Well, whenever we're he couldn't think of a word, wait a minute. Whenever he couldn't think of a word, I think Eddie Murphy said it best. He would say, "Ha." Yes, absolutely. I'm he, he, he got the point. <laughs> we'll put him in speech. He'll be going there two, three times a week. We're going yeah, to fix this. Funny. But he was also able to deal with the issues that were going on during civil yes. rights. Mm-hmm. He yes. was right down there in Washington with yes. the president. Most people. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. listen to him. Mm-hmm. That is that I lived in that time, so mm-hmm. I know most people listen to them. Mm-hmm. During that time, mm-hmm. when Dr. King was killed, mm-hmm. you were not born. Mm-hmm. You weren't born. Um, no, she, she wasn't. Like, she like, how old do you think? <laughs> no, she wasn't born. I was ten, so I know I was eleven. The streets were <laughs> Philadelphia was off. The charts. Yes. Riots were everywhere. Mm-hmm. New York, Detroit, North, and absolutely. he came. They called James Brown. He didn't call them. Mm-hmm. They called him mm-hmm. to kind of solve the situation. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Next question. My dog's back there. He don't. He don't agree with you. But okay. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. Let's not forget James Brown's fine moment in Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. Shout mm-hmm. out to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Sure did. <laughs> What was the last movie that made you cry? Ooh. Wonder. Oh, yeah. I, I did not cry. Like watching that movie. I did anybody see the movie? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that movie. Okay, well, the reason I love the movie because obviously it has like a lot of message about like you know acceptance, but you got to see it from like a student's perspective where like it's a kid who wants to be a good kid and he mm-hmm. didn't make the right choice and then he felt right. so bad about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, how many times do you make a sad choice and feel awful about mm-hmm. it? I just went outside. They carved it back at everybody. Oh God. And sometimes that's what's like so powerful and it mm-hmm. makes me like tear up. It's like, oh, we all make sad choices, mm-hmm. but we could do better tomorrow. And that's just an important thing. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of a time where I actually felt bad about something that I did. Oh, you sound like my brother. I always feel bad about everything. But it's funny because I watched the movie Wonder with my family and everybody cried but me. You have no feelings. I felt so good about the outcome of that movie that I just, it didn't make me sad. It made me so happy because I think that a lot of our kids really do have that reflective ability where they just think about like oh it's really weighing on me and I'm going to try to make a change and I think you know I always try to see the good in people so I felt I enjoyed that movie but it didn't make me sad so what was the last movie that made you cry 
The last movie that made me cry was the movie The Shack. Ooh. The Shack. Ooh. And it like was Shaquille O'Neal, the Shack. <laughs> yeah, 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 the movie. Um, but and I'm, uh, you know, I'm not very religious, but it, it it has a religious basis. But I feel like the the reason why the movie made me sad is there there were parts where you know we were talking about us being the judge, the judge of mm. when someone makes a right decision, when someone makes a wrong decision. And I said, you know, that is something that I struggle I struggle with personally, and and I know that our kids struggle with that, and our families, where you know. We always want to be the authority on what was the right choice and why. Mm. And it, it made me so sad that I, that this is something that I feel like I deal with all the time. And I feel like that was the part of the movie that just made me, mm. like, crushed me. Because, again, I always try to see the positive And I'm like, God, sometimes, you know, I really do that. Mm. And, and I need to work on that. How about you? I'm going to say the movie Gifted Gift. with the little girl. Look, she about to cry already. <laughs> I, oh my gosh! I think I have to take that back. Yeah. I saw that one oh. after the shack, and I, I didn't did want to cry. watch it. You know, it's one What's of the. I'm not a big mm-hmm. movie buff, but mm-hmm. the little girl in the movie number one looks like my daughter. Mm-hmm. She so totally does. that mm-hmm. was an extra added bonus of. But I didn't know how it was going to end, which otherwise I wouldn't have watched it because I'm an avoider of mm-hmm. things like. Mm-hmm. So the little girl's uh, mother, she passes away. Her mom was a math uh, genius, and so she's with her uncle and. The, the grandmother, who was the parent of her uncle and then the mom, so their siblings, am I making sense there? Mm-hmm. Comes in and tries to take the little girl away from the uncle. So uh, she mm-hmm. does get taken away and put into um, another, like okay. a foster setup. I got another partner. question. Why are we watching movies that you know is going to make you cry? See, I didn't. That's uh-huh. the only reason why I even... It just sounds sad. Listen, it just... I know, like, it's so sad. It's like therapeutic. It turns out okay, right. but it was yeah. it was grueling to watch this. Did you just turn it off? Like, I can't watch I it. Can't I can't watch it. Have, but you just kept watching. the only one. You had to figure out how, <laughs> yeah. how this is going to end. Miss Pitt. Okay, well, I had two, but one of them being, it's an old movie. It's called Beaches. Uh-huh. I love that what movie. I read the book. It's a book, Did, right? Yeah, yes, yes. It was called, and it was about basically two little girls that be, they were from different walks of life, and they befriended each other. And this friendship lasted through a lifetime, mm. you know. And I'll never forget my daughter and I cried. At the end, so we're we're coming up the stairs and we're crying, and my husband says, "What on earth happened? Mm. Who died?" <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, the second one? Uh, Cooley High. I'm oh, there it is. Okay, that was in my mind. Uh-huh. Everybody Cooley knows High. You know about Cooley you High? Cooley High was a movie that shot in Chicago, and that was my mom's hometown, and it was about. A group of children grow, African American children, grow, growing up in yes, in the era of the '60s, and things that were going on, and you know, um, it was similar. Think of Happy Days, but it's urban. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was a great and movie. in the end, um, the uh, kid gets killed, and. You know, then you see that the police don't come around there. So, and I and I thought I was really young when I saw it. I think I was about maybe sixteen. And I thought, gee, if they had had the ambulance, he could have been saved. You know, yeah. but no, they didn't come in that. But not on the south side. Mm-hmm. You know, it might take them an hour to get there. Mm-hmm. Got to sing the song at the end. 
It's mm-hmm. so hard. hard to say goodbye. Yes. I can't sing. I'm yes. not even I love that song. Poor <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> Boys to men sing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. have that cut. They do. They do. Um, one more question. And Kareem, when I give this question, you can take over at this particular okay. point in time. Are you petty? Mm. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm on a mission this year to allow people to embrace their pettiness. I'm petty. I'm very petty. Okay. And I'm allowing myself to be able to reach out to those that also may be petty. <laughs> okay. Because I think that in everyone is, has a little bit of pettiness in them. And they try mm-hmm. to hide. Mm-hmm. Can I jump in right now? Yes, sir. Here's, a, here's his pettiness, right? Which, which mm-hmm. one? Which the one? rings. We're going to talk about the rings. Oh, the rings. Okay. Oh, yes, how petty I am. Yes, go ahead. If you're getting married, mm-hmm. should your ring cost the same as the significant other's ring? He feels as though that it should be, his ring should be shine too. the same amount or more. <laughs> I want to shine. Oh, you wouldn't have made it. <laughs> You're petty. You are petty. <laughs> Anyone else? Because she's, right. she's already coming out. She said she's petty. Anyone else want to join? I'm 100% petty. Okay. Okay, we got two. Can we get three? I feel like, you guys know me, I feel like I'm not petty at all. You sure? And we won't get to that in a second. I, I got another, I got another question. Like, I'm trying to okay. Think he just I, said he, okay. if his ring, the wedding rings, cost more, what if he hadn't given you a ring and you gave him one? Mm-hmm. I would be okay with that. Like that, I'm not mm-hmm. petty about. Mm. Okay, so Certainly. you got something that you're going to get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. There's, there's got to be something. I'm just like having a hard time thinking of it. I got oh, I'm sorry. There's got to be something. I'm just having a hard time thinking of it. I okay. guess something that's up your alley, too, that we argue about all the time. But all right, so <laughs> let's say that um, you, we go to the store, and you pick out a ring, and I say that it's five grand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much are you willing to spend on mine? The band or, or the... <laughs> you're petty. You already know. You're petty. You're not spending any of it. How much are you willing to spend? Because we're going to pull this pettiness out of you. Oh, God. I mean... Go ahead. Go ahead and say it. I feel like it. my go husband's ahead. wedding bands cost the same amount as mine. You sure? But it wasn't intentional. It was just like, oh, why don't you get that? Do you like it? Whatever you want. You picked it out for him? No, I let him pick it out. Hmm. I'm pretty sure he paid so, for both of them, but isn't whoa, it the whoa, same whoa, thing? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm going to go there and say my husband. But isn't it like the that's, same that's, thing? That's petty. <laughs> How are you going to pay for his own ring? Yeah, that's petty. You know well, what? You know what? Job. I am petty. That's you are. Okay. Four out of four. I'm not uh-huh. thinking of a scenario. So my husband definitely pays most of our bills. And I've mm-hmm. used my income as like, oh my gosh, I could go shopping. How much fun is this? And now I contribute and I'm like bitter towards it. Is that petty? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's definitely <laughs> petty. Because then they have a little bit. That's an awakening way, so you have to. Now that I'm helping out, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not all mine. Paying for his own ring. She got to yeah. hustle with her, too. Sheesh. She hustled it. All right, so here's the next one. <laughs> You just start dating your significant other. You, mm-hmm. You're not even okay. considered in a relationship yet. Mm-hmm. First okay, date. Okay. First date. Uh-huh. You're out to eat. Mm-hmm. Who pays? He did. Man. <laughs> she was quick. Bam. Who pays? <laughs> Anyone else? I mean, check? you got to feel it out, I feel. What do you mean? You got to feel Look, it the out. The check is on the table. See, it's on the table. See, 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 see now, who's going to read first? It's probably different. I so I don't know. See, yeah. now that would have been I inappropriate in like, 1965. <laughs> 1975. There was a reason. I paid, and it was because we had went out like a couple nights before, mm. and he, I offered to pay for gas, and he was like, no, it's my vehicle. I'll pay. Mm. And I said, oh, well, then I got you next time. 
So we I okay. pay wait, the dinner. Wait, so wait, 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 time out, time out, time out. So <laughs> did the waiter come up and slide you the check, or did he slide him the check? They put no, the check in um, I don't remember, but I uh, but I remember taking it. And he was okay we with it. Applebee's. See, this is um, see, no, no, that doesn't yeah, count. That, no. that doesn't count because that's <laughs> the same price as a ticket gas. That doesn't count. At the time, it probably wasn't. That's the same. At the time, gas was a lot cheaper, so he probably made that better than I did. But um, no, but I paid. And I, I think he was fine with it. I'm gonna have to go home and ask him that hmm. because maybe he owes me like half the bill. Hmm. No, I think it's. I mean, I think we should say it's just it's like 15 time. years later. <laughs> well, she's new yeah. to the pettiness. Where are we at? You're new. I come mean, on in, come on in to the club. It's I okay. don't, come on. I don't think I've on. ever paid for like ever. Mm-mm. No. Wow. That's me too. So you get. I would so. I, mean, I would be so want to. Date. Like I would have no problem paying. So you're the one that gets up when the check comes to go to the bathroom. No, I'm always like. <laughs> I you sit back and open your pocketbook <laughs> and start putting more lip gloss yeah, on. No, I just maybe. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> like oh oh you got the check and I do put my lip gloss on. How did you know? <laughs> He's petty. Okay. I know what you guys oh do. I know what those signs are. So you, you see, oh the bills here. Me just, you know, but when I go with my friends, I'm always like, oh, I'll take up the whole thing. The reason this question came up That's because <laughs> my friend and I, every time we go out, we play this game of who pays the bill. Okay. Like, I have to be super creative now. Like, Copper said, I shouldn't be paying. <laughs> thing is, the man, if I'm That's going you. Out, no, yeah, but, see, that's oh. that is a way that is yes. Because I'm so happy to see him that I want to pay the bill. I, I totally now see, yeah. Are you taking applications for more friends? Yes. Yeah. I, I want to be now, your friend. Now, if you were <laughs> on a date, now would you do that? I think I would feel it out. But, but okay. See, that's the difference between my time and you guys, you lovely ladies. Because see, it was. I'm young too. You keep forgetting me. Oh, look at me. Like it was. It was a. That women pay, you know. So when I would go, I, I'll never forget. I was on the date with this real handsome guy. Don't tell nobody. It's, it's her husband. It's long, 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 long time ago. Wait, wait, long. And we went to Bookbinders in New York. Mm-hmm. He and a, a grip yes, that. he did. You know, and I wasn't thinking about paying. I was mm. thinking about how cute I was looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. That's no. crazy. No, that he did, you know, and he supplied. We went to see a show. And a show? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. In New York? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you had to get up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he drove. He drove up there. He dropped some. Yeah. That, yeah. I see why you asked your dad for 10 Gs. You're so used to. <laughs> so used to. <laughs> money's never been a problem. No. We're going to book well, see, I'm a, I'll be honest with you. He was not my age. I was 20. And he was about 33 or 34. He had mm. never been married. So he was already stable. So I kind of geared to, to guys that were already... First of all, I didn't want... Oh, we're on the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Yes. I didn't want guys that were my age that only wanted to take you to McDonald's and jump your bones. What's wrong with McDonald's? <laughs> I like, I like going to see shows at the well. You don't know about this, the Latin casino. Mm. Um, you know to see different entertainers and then take me out to dinner and then I'm going home. Mm. I'm offended. No. Well, I, I, <laughs> my me and my you wife. You might not get a good night kiss, depending. Man, that's rough. <laughs> me and my wife's first date was at McDonald's. <laughs> But you all were thirteen. Both, yeah, thirteen. <laughs> I still can't understand how she got with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take that. 
No, 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 this beautiful girl. And I know her parents are tight. And here you are, wild as ever. I was not wild at all. I was, no, you were. I was quiet. I was an athlete. Okay, athlete, okay. And, and she saw the potential in me. Athlete? No, she saw athlete. <laughs> I remember that. And she wanted to go to McDonald's. You're getting roasted on your plate. I know. I'm getting to eat. No, did, you actually, did, did you supersize? Did I supersize? Did she get cheese? I don't know. I know I got a fillet of fish. I don't know okay. what she got. Okay. Then we went to go see Ricochet. Did you? Yeah. And you oh. were 13? 13. And her mother let her out the no. house? No. She, snuck she has, a, has a bigger sister. Oh, so I it was, know. A, it was a double date. So my sister goes, my own, so I have to go where, because my brother uh-huh. used to have to go when I first started dating. Yep. Where, oh, guys, to beat that boy every day. Oh, Jesus. But him tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this podcast up. So um, I'm going to plug a couple, actually, you know what, before we do that, any last words before we go? Any words of encouragement for those parents or educators that are, might be listening to our podcast? We're growing, by the way. I think mm-hmm. we hit um, 1,300 um, hits on the page this week alone, so we're okay. we're getting there, um, and you know we're getting close to that seven thousand mark um, on the podcast, so mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, any last words, Jennifer? Just keep talking to your kids, listen mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. You know, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Sweet Lola. I think it goes back to you know finding what allows them to shine because mm-hmm. kids just want to be successful, so mm-hmm. be flexible as to what their strength may mm-hmm. be. I just want to say thank you for having all of us on and what a nice conversation it was to sit around with like-minded people Mm. who love kids Mm. in one room and and have a great conversation. Mm. And I would just say, bring a positive attitude to work every day. Mm. You can't go wrong with that. Mm. Uh, I just want to say, always keep the lines of communication open. Some days, Mm. teachers, you may be angry. And what, whatever was done. But always keep that, no matter what, keep those lines of communication mm-hmm. open. Mr. Petty. <laughs> Embrace your pettiness. <laughs> he's, never, he's never a teacher. You're petty. Let the students know. Listen, I'm petty. So if you don't do your homework, this is what's going to happen because I'm petty. I have expectations in my classroom. Yeah, but, funny. Uh, more important than anything, just continue to communicate and, and build relationships with your mm-hmm. students. Mm, awesome. Before I get to today's lesson, um, shout out to Pete, Pete Casolano. Don't forget his book is out, School Sucks. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Don't forget my book, Life Music, is out there too. Still plugging that. Um, Shalanda Austin, her book is out. Say it till you see it. Yes. Make sure you get that um, on there. And we're going to be on YouTube soon. We're going to get some video elements. I keep saying it, but we're going to get there. We've been a little bit busy here at the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. Um, so we're going to get that on there. We're on iTunes. We're on Podbean. We're on uh, ThePowermentPerspective.com. We're on every Twitter uh, Instagram, any mm. social media outlet that's out there. Continue to follow us. Um, and I'm going to put these ladies on the spot because we are going to have a young ladies and a young males retreat. Mm. I'm going to come knocking on the door to ask for your help. Um, so the empowerment perspective is about getting like-minded people together, like you said, mm-hmm. and um, doing some wonderful things for the community. So you will be seeing us again. And if you want us to bring the podcast to your students, we can do that too. I think that would be an awesome platform to teach you how to do that too um, as well. So today's lesson, I'm shouting out to Jodeci. 
they have a song, and the lyrics of the song says, "Don't talk, just listen." Mm. So, in the means of, and then, and, and I guess solidarity with the the common the conversation here about communication. Stop talking all the time and listen to your children. Yeah. Listen to what they're saying. Um, listen to what they're into. Watch their body language. Don't just ask them what happened to. I mean, you know, what happened today in school. Ask them how they feel. Get in touch with your students and your own children um, in order to be able to relate to them and to teach them and to help them and guide them the right uh, path. You have to know what they need um, to do that. So stop thinking that you are the adult. You should know everything that needs to happen for these children because they're unique individuals. Um, so we need to find what their strengths are. And sort of just play to that. So, and uh, I guess shout out to Jodeci. Don't talk, just listen. On behalf of the Empowerment Perspective, I'm Demiso Josie. Stay empowered.